Welcome to the first ever podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Baum. My guest today is photographer and creative director, Lindsay Burns. She shot for Nylon, Rolling Stone, Thrasher, Kerrang, Alternative Press, tons of publications. And if you're a fan and follow Tegan and Sarah or Haley Williams, you've no doubt seen her work there. I've known Lindsay for about 12 years now, and it's always a pleasure running into her. So I was really looking forward to this conversation, and uh, it, it delivers. It, it really does. Uh, if you're an aspiring photographer um, or work in freelance in, in any capacity, this conversation has a lot of uh, really helpful insight and positive reminders that, um, you know, in this weird time that we're living in, I think is helpful to hear. So here's my conversation with Lindsay Burns, and this is the first ever podcast. Lindsay, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's nice to uh, to talk to you here. It's been so long. It's been so long. It's you know, it's funny. Coming. I was when uh, when I start thinking about people I'd love to have on the show. I've never told you this because it's it's uh, you know it's just one of those things that I was thinking about. Is uh, it, you know I think that you were the first photographer that Touche had that made us more comfortable with being. Uh, around a photographer because normally we had only ever you know had our friends take pictures of us we were still so such a new band at the time and and uh so I remember we were nervous or we had been nervous in the past when someone you know was hired to take photos because we never knew really how to how to be comfortable around it or or around them or whatever and then when you did photos for us I remember just all of us feeling so comfortable so quickly that's really nice it's it's uh not in my uh, nature. Like it's not my, my comfort level to be able to receive something like that, to hear something like that, but that is, and just say thanks and not be like, Oh, whatever. Like it's a compliment because that's like what I, uh, definitely want to do. So, you know, it's funny. I, we've known each other now for a while, but you know, we only see each other in passing or, you know, at a show or I guess at a, um, you, you know, at the Atwater Village, uh, the farmers market, mar- farmers market. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I was, are you from LA originally? I'm not. Uh, I Where are you from? Am, I'm from San Diego. I'm from a beach town called Del Mar, which was, uh, which was, I guess, put on the map by a skate, a skateboard park, skateboarding park, Del Mar Skate Ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tony Hawk. Went to my high school, not when I was in high school, but right. that's that's where I went. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. When did you end up moving up to LA? I have lived in California my whole life and minus like a year that I went away to college. Um, not four years and not because I'm super smart and graduated in a year, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I lasted a year. And then I came back and then I kind of like stuck around in San Diego and went to Orange County to work at a skateboard company and then um, San Francisco and worked at a skateboard magazine and an art magazine, a magazine called Thrasher. Um, Also, they were published by the same company that published Juxtapose. So that's where I started working. It's an art magazine. And I was up there for 10 years. And then I um, came to L.A. to work for Golden Voice. So I'm curious, actually, I mean, we can, we'll probably end up getting to to the Thrasher and Juxtapose and all of that. And it's funny, you're also, I think, I think the third or fourth guest to have Juxtapose be a part of your 
uh, of your history. Um, mm -hmm. I've talked to painter, painters and artists and things like Alex Pardee and uh, Jillian Evelyn's oh, yeah. painter that I just had a couple weeks ago, um, all, you know, had juxtaposed be a part of, uh, you know, what brought them to where they are today. So it's, it's cool to hear that one more time. And I, and I interviewed Atiba, who, you know, yeah. has worked with Thrasher and all that sort of stuff now, too. So yeah, it's a cool small world how everything kind of kind of comes together but um yeah, i've known atiba for a long time and alex actually i think had a juxtapose cover like when that, i was there maybe that would make sense totally yeah um yeah, cool. so when you were young i'm curious what uh what your first experiences with photography were like do you remember what drew you to wanting to participate in photography so like i'll try to give you the short version of the story um but I was working at Juxtapose. I was the I was doing ad sales and um and also all their promotions. And there was like a lot of trust put into me. And but I still felt like I had to kind of show where I was at. And I started taking pictures of like when I would like do a party and then I got published in the magazine. And I was like, whoa, this feels really good. And I was watching the skateboard photographers, you know, just in coming in and out of the other room. And I was like, this is so cool. Like these guys make a living doing this. What, how? But I still never thought that it was something that I could do, mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. And my boss had given me a camera like this Yashica T4. And I saw this guy who shall not be named because he's kind of a dirtbag now. But he was shooting a Sports Illustrated um, like behind the scenes, I don't, he was talking about his camera and I had the same camera and he was this really famous photographer. And, um, and he said like, it's not, it's not necessarily the camera. It's just like a point and shoot little film, like crappy yeah. camera. And he's like, it's like, look, like it's, it's the feeling, it's the images. And I started kind of looking at the stuff and I was like, oh, I, I like what I'm outputting and this is fun. And um, it was just like kind of organic, like the music thing. Uh, Thrasher has a music section. And I started asking a lot of questions to Luke Ogden, who was one of the, he was the, the head photographer at Thrasher. And um, I started asking him a lot of stuff. And he was like, why don't you go shoot this thing? And I was like, okay. And, um, you know, the only thing that I did at shows was drink. And that wasn't like very productive. And, and so when I had something else to do, I felt way more connected to the show and way more a part of something. Yeah. Do you remember what that first, well, like the first band you shot was, was it like a local band or was it, and like, was it for the magazine? Did those photos end up making it into the magazine or anything? So the first portrait shoot for a band that I did was a band called, I want to say Ozma. Osmo, Osmo. Oh yeah, the kind of wizardry band yeah. from San Diego, and totally. it was outside of Slim's, and um, it did make it into the magazine. I have no idea where those negatives are, um, and I remember I was like, oh my god, and I shot a band like after that, like very soon after that, I shot Pinback. Um, oh wow! Totally don't know where those are either, and um, and then like li but live show was at the Warfield. And it was, um, dude, I was like, seriously, I was like five years old when I did this. It was um, <laughs> the, the Vines. Remember that band? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel, like, for, from your standpoint, uh, like, the difference between live photography and studio photography for you? Like, 
do you is it a completely different satisfaction that you get from both is there one that you would lean more into for your enjoyment i actually like feel like it's a different understanding like of the subject so there's definitely been times when i've when i have um shot portraits of a band in particular i'll just talk about like the music side of stuff for now um where i wish that i had shot them live first so i understood who they were musically more um so i try to to do that research you know if i can't get to a show um i think yeah that's it's just a different understanding it's not a different feeling necessarily for me um unless like the situation is is frustrating or you know i kind of thrive in the in the frustration. <laughs> right. And one of those, I, I'm not that chill. I'm not like, right. I'm not very chill as a human. So, um, <laughs> you know, the, the frustrating journey I've, I've found, um, my partner now is just like, you know, the day before I'm going to shoot anything live portraits, whatever. I'm like always kind of freaking out. And that's like the joke around house is like, we have a shoot tomorrow. <laughs> 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 You know, because I'm like, everything is all that. All you have a shoot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome to my brain. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I like I like doing both and um, for different reasons. Um, I like the intimacy of uh, shooting portraits. And I like the, um, it, you know, if, if an artist will allow for that. And... Um, meaning like enough time to actually like let down their guard and right and, and like I, do the I, work yeah totally and uh the collaboration if it's there you know the difference between getting two minutes with somebody and um them actually making the decision to work with me you know mm -hmm. is is totally different and um and I like the understanding that I get when I see somebody perform. And that's, you know, in anything. So if I'm shooting a different type of artist, if it's a musical artist or it's an actor or whatever, like, you know, even seeing them act or uh, do what they do that has brought them the, um, you know, attention, for lack of a better word, that would right. that would require me to uh, to be commissioned. D does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. To, to it does. work with them, so yeah. so whatever whatever that is, um, you know, it's always you know that, really interesting. Yeah, that's I I like the idea of I mean if you if you have the ability to do that kind of research, see the band play, and then be able to approach them for portraits because it's like yeah, it's like you know if, if the band is very timid and and you know just kind of stand still on stage you're like okay that's going to be their vibe when we're taking these photos but if they're like you know throwing their instruments and jumping off the walls and stuff like that you could probably you could probably feel a little more comfortable asking if they'd be you know sillier or weirder or something like that I, i'm sure that goes into your mind is that fair to say yeah sure yeah all of it yeah. yes absolutely so when did you stop working for for the magazines up north and decide because you said you came down to work for golden voice now when you're working for golden voice was that i'm assuming as a photographer no marketing director for marketing Coachella. director okay yeah okay. so i was the marketing i ended up i was doing ad sales for juxtapose and then i ended up um kind of 
you know, getting, well, getting a promotion. So I was the quote unquote marketing director of high speed productions, which is the parent company, the publishers, Thrasher, Juxtapose, there's a magazine called Slap. They, they had a few different magazines. Um, and so I was like doing all the promotions and, you know, like I, I made a skateboard video. Like w- there was a lot of stuff, a lot of creative freedom, which was really, which was really great. And, um, and I kind of, I, I say quote unquote, cause I kind of made it up. I mean, I was like the marketing department. There wasn't a marketing department. So right, I was sure. like the marketing director of no one else. Of yourself. <laughs> yeah, totally. You just, you just so, directed yourself what to do every day. Of I, course, yeah. I did. It's true. At like one point I had an assistant and you know, whatever it was, but I was in the ad sales department. So I was kind of like bridging that gap. And then, um, I had heard about a position that opened up at Golden Voice and, you know, I wanted to stay at Thrasher. Like that was my family. I was there for 10 years. And, um, there was, uh, you know, like my boss had suddenly passed away and he, I, I, he was like a mentor and, you know, there was just like a lot of stuff going on. And I was like, you know, I should go, I should kind of make my way back down to Southern California. I guess I'd felt like I'd gone as far as I could go there. And that I was looking for other opportunities. I had joined a band. And so I was like also making music. And I was like, oh, I'm going to like go down to Southern California. And even though my band was in San Francisco, which is so silly of me, but I was like, oh, blah, whatever. I don't even know what I was thinking, honestly. And um, but I also thought I'd be closer to my family. Um, and so, you know, that whatever. So then I I got the job and I I moved down and. Um, it was like a very big shock. But real quick, talk to me about the, what, just what was your band? What was that about? Did you sing in the band? What was um, that? I played keyboards and I recently okay. just, I played keyboards and I sang and I wrote some stuff. I actually joined a band. So it wasn't a, it was a band that was already going. And, um, they, do you know that band Poolside? Do you know of them now? Oh, I know the name. I've heard the name. They've been doing really well. Like they're doing a lot of festivals. So the okay. the guy, Jeff Fair, he was my roommate. And like I lived in this house in San Francisco. It was like four rooms. We turned one of the rooms, like the living room, into another room. So it was like five roommates, no living space, you know? One Classic bathroom. like punk house, basically. <laughs> yeah, one bathroom. And they called it the Prince House. And it was like they had – Prince that's house the records. sign that it's a punk house. If it has a yeah. name, that's the sign it, it's a punk house. <laughs> that's exactly it, what that is. It was. Okay. It was. Yeah. I guess it was. And yeah. um, and so it was like two DJs and three DJs. And like, so there was just music all the time. And I was working at high speed productions still. So I was like the only one who had like a full-time real job. And mm-hmm. um, and then they were like looking for somebody else. Like our other roommate, Liz, was in the band and and then she was kind of leaving the, but somebody else was leaving the band. And I was like, I'll be in your band. <laughs> and, um, and I like, I've taken piano lessons, you know, when I was a kid. And, yeah. and so I did that. Well, you know, we didn't like tour. We did like a few shows. Um, what was it called? It was called uh, Paradise Boys. Okay. So, yeah. So you, so you move, <clears throat> sorry. So, so you moved down to, uh, to Southern California, started working for, for Golden Voice, how did you enjoy that experience? Because that's that's a totally different world than than working for Thrasher or Juxtapose. I have to imagine that's like a whole different kind of uh, use of your brain. Yeah, they were. Um, I mean, uh, promoter. 
the whole industry is different, right? Than media, it's their promoters. So it was something that I, I kind of didn't really understand, but Paul Toulette was, he was into my resume. He was a fan of Juxtapose and Thrasher. And he, um, you know, he was a, he was, he was kind of punk, like the way that they ran their business. But right before I started working there, they had been bought by AEG. And so they were, they had made the transition to, um, to being like pretty corporate. And so we were in cubicles and it totally was different. And I did not thrive in that environment, I will say. Um, <laughs> it was not the best. Um, you know, I think that it's like when you're so used to working in one capacity for so long, which is what I hear in like corporate world, people kind of change jobs every couple of years. And that's how you, you know, get ahead. Um, right. I was kind of like stuck in my ways and not definitely not, <laughs> not thriving, but I was obsessed with Coachella. You know, the whole, like when I went to Coachella, you know, I told my boss, I was like, I got to go to Coachella. Like um, my friend who, who one of my first friends in the music industry, like really good friends was working for Epitaph and I was selling her ads and she's like, I got tickets. You should come to this thing. It's a music festival. And I brought my camera and all of a sudden I was like, what? All these bands in one place and I can go from stage to stage and I can like take pictures of that. This is crazy. And, um, you know, and not only that, I'm learning so much because they really did curate this, like, you know, the, the before sunset bands or whatever, like at that point, it was like, when did the band start at like noon? Like if you go early to Coachella, they are curating. It's like a Spotify playlist, like a new right. Spotify. You, you know what I mean? That was what they were doing for you. They were like, it, you will like this music. This is the. Right. We've been we've been booking shows with these bands all year. We've been researching and like, you're going to love this. And so right. write it down. When you were working for for like those companies, <clears throat> were you at the same time still taking photos just for fun for like freelance or or? Oh yeah, I wasn't. I was just doing yeah. it for me. I was just like, this is so fun. And sorry, so I, I guess I skipped backwards. So I went there, and then I had randomly met a girl, not randomly, but through my friend um, Jen, who also you might know, she was in a band called F Minus. I was like obsessed with. No, the band don't know, don't know her, but yeah. So she played bass and we were friends and she introduced me to this girl, Natalie, who worked at Coachella. She was a production person. She was like head of club shows or whatever. And so she was the one who told me that there was the job. So when I, I had been going now for like a couple of years to Coachella and then this job opens up and I was like, I mean, what, what? This is perfect. Like, I love Coachella. Well, like going to Coachella is totally different than working for Coachella (laughs) Um, and also like going into kind of like all these people had been working together for, you know, 10 years plus. And um, and here I come like, hey, I'm like the new marketing director and, you know, whatever. It just it was it was extremely challenging. But at the same time, I'm so grateful for that experience. And so I went and I I did realize that what I loved about Coachella was um, taking photos and I loved the experience and that um, it just was not exactly what I wanted to do. And so it was all part of my journey. And, um, 
yeah, I ended up uh, my first like my ugh, it's like so skipped around. So my first my first like time being paid and published was randomly for a skateboard ad. And they were like, hey, do you have these photos? And like, can you take a photo of Alyssa Steamer, who's like one of my best friends? She had an ad coming out and then they like sent me a check. Like I didn't even have to say like, will you pay me? I just right. got sent a check. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is the easiest thing. But still, I didn't think I could do it or didn't want to pursue it. And then there was a, a flip ad that that skateboard company flipped. They were like, hey, do you have some? And they just like sent me a check. Like there was just a standard of what you would pay, mm-hmm. which is not my experience as a photographer now. Um, sure. It's like all over the board. But in skateboarding, they're just like, this is what we pay for this. And like you do it, we use it, we just pay you. Like you don't have to ask. There's no negotiations. At least that was my experience. It may be different now. Um, and so then after, you know, then I moved down here. It still wasn't in my brain. But all these things are like pointing toward this is what you should be doing. Um, I met this other woman through, again, through Jen. And it was like her neighbor. And she was a professional wedding photographer. And she did really high-end weddings, right? And she was like, and I was like, oh, I'm like, interested so i started doing stuff for her, helping her put her photos together and whatnot and she said do you want to come with me to mexico for like a week i'll pay for you you just have to second shoot you don't I, you don't have to pay for anything and i was like what of course is going on yeah. this is amazing right. still not also not understanding like how challenging it actually is to um Make a blend in at a wedding and do all that. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, yeah. But, it, but also just to like do this, I was just like, you just like, what do yeah, you yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, I think, I think they paid her like, I mean, can I, I wonder if I can say this. And she was a high end, like I'm talking like, like people who are so wealthy that they spend yeah. so much money that you're going to a destination wedding and she has three shooters. So she has a second and a third. Jesus, I think yeah. I was the third shooter. And um, because her second shooter was this amazing photographer. I think I was just like her backup, backup. Like maybe I was like her fluffer. Like I was like, keep the energy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, I did air quotes there. I wasn't actually fluffing her because that's not (laughs) cool. Um, But yeah, so we just did that and it was like so fun. And I was like, this is something I want to do. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm actually curious. Do you, have you ever thought about what it, what, like, what with you was making it so difficult to uh, realize that this is what you wanted to do? It seems like you had all these opportunities popping up, but you were still like not fully grasping that like this is your calling. You know, like like things just kept being like, hey, look, here's an opportunity. Hey, you want to go on tour? But you're, it seems like as you're telling me about it, you're still like not you were still not totally comprehending that this was what you needed to be doing with your life. Um, yeah, I think it just comes down to like how I was raised. I think that, you know, my, um, you know, I think that my dad really kind of pounded it into my head. You know, that's unfair. It is interesting what as children, you know, the, the, the child mind will absorb. You never know. And, you know, I, for whatever reason, I was under the impression that only a very select few, you know, 1% of 1% of 1% can can make it as an artist. And that it, you know, 
it's just like what you do is like you become like a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, a, somebody in marketing or communicate, you know, like it, that was just, and, and there's all very, very good paths. Um, just not what I would excel. I mean, I, I did well in the marketing stuff because that's all like a lot of it was like people stuff. You know, I like photography because I'm a people person. I like people. People are like, do you like dogs or cats? And I'm like, I like people. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> like what I, I like dogs and cats. But like if you're like, are you a dog or cat person? I'm like, I'm a people person. And so um, that that helps in the photography thing. I just I don't know. I think that I was scared. Um, freelance really scared me. Um, I think that survival <laughs> scared me. Um, and and I also like I just did not think that I had an artistic bone in my body. A lot of us, uh, a lot of us. I mean, that's relatable. I think a lot of us are sort of um, raised to think that art is a hobby and not a job. You know, right? And because of that, we all have fear of you know financial failure or all of these sorts of things so that, yeah, like it, you can't help but sort of just continue to feel like, oh, photography, that, I mean, this is just my hobby, but I have to have a real job or something like that. So so I can definitely relate to those feelings if, if that's, you know, kind of what you're saying. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. Actually, I'm actually curious uh, of a few more things here with, uh, so you started, I know you did a lot with, uh, with publications, but, and I know you also do stuff with record labels. I'm, I'm curious what, um, what kind of difference you feel between working with publications and record label, like versus record labels, like if if it uh if it feels totally different, or if you get a different kind of satisfaction from them, or if it's just a freelance job and a, it's a job. Um. Well, I think that that's interesting. Hmm. I mean, I always kind of feel like I'm. I always feel like every job I'm trying to like prove myself for the next job which is kind of like the ongoing theme, right? Which is why I was I was in this job. I was very secure at Juxtapose and Thrasher. I was doing really well, yet I felt like I had to like take pictures to prove where I was, like as if they didn't believe me or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. um, right. And, and also, uh, so I, I feel that way with kind of every job that I go into. Um, there's, that's a very similar feeling. Um, but no, I, maybe the approach is different. Um, right. It's like you sorry, probably get wait, a different set of directions. Did I miss the directions. question? Did I just make up my own no, question? No, 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 no. I, I mean, the, 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 the kind of question was like publications versus record labels. Like if, if you feel a different sort of expectation for what to, what to provide or if there's a different level of stress maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's a – there's – Definitely different deliverables, you know, and I'm kind of that annoying photographer that's like, I want to know what, what do you want? Like, what is the, what is your bare minimum delivery? And then like, I'm going to give you probably 10 times more than you want, which also can be really annoying. Every single client is different. Like, and, and meaning I can be really annoying. I know I was doing a lot of stuff for Krang and I'm an over deliverer and they're busy. Right. Like Kareng was like, they're like a weekly publication. So if I'm yeah, going to send them, if they, if they need 10 great photos or five great photos for a layout and I'm sending them a hundred, that's annoying, I'm sure. But I didn't know that because 
I had worked with a different art director there. So then, and then a new guy comes in and finally he was like, please don't send me this much stuff. And, and so, you know, that's on me to be very clear with my questions of like, what do you want to see? And with a record label, a lot of times, um, a lot of times they don't actually know what they need, especially for the smaller artists, because they don't know what the ask is going to be. You know, with bigger yeah, I feel artists, like, yeah. I feel like it's the other way around for what you just described. It's like mm-hmm. the label probably wants as many things as possible because budgets yeah. are small. And if they can get as much content as possible, they're going to they're gonna applaud you for it. <laughs> right, right, for sure. And I, I think that it's just, it's, it's just every client's different and it's kind of always be prepared. And, and yeah, I mean, some magazines want to see way more or art directors or whatever it is, some of them will give you like very, like, this is what we're looking for exactly. And, and some of them are like, you know, I like to be told what to do. I'm not going to lie. Sure. You know, I like to be able, I like to have a jumping off point and, and that's one thing, you know? Um, and, and we talked about this a little bit. I'm working as a creative director now, um, which means that I get to hire other people. So I get to hire directors. Um, I haven't really gotten into hiring other photographers yet um, because most of the artists that I'm working with are um, like part of the bulk of what I'm doing for them is the photography. Sure. And um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I, I actually that's not true. I can I. Well, they were already existing photos. I, I chose somebody else's photo recently for the cover of of. Um, Jetty Bones. I'm working with her. She's got a album coming out and it just like she chose it. I chose it. It just made most sense to use um, these other photos. It just it fits the vibe better. And I think like as a creative director setting like e- that ego aside as well, I couldn't have done this earlier in my career because if 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 I wasn't all encompassing doing everything for the artist, it was like, uh, you know, but now I have more confidence in what I do. So it, things don't hurt me in that way, you know? So I, I got to commission this photograph for the cover and it was like really nice. It's really nice because there's so many photographers that I love and admire. And, um, and I like that. And, and I did that early in my career once where I was doing the photo editing for the Vans book. I got to work with all these photographers that I, um, that I really loved and, and commissioned their photos and, and, um, or license at that time I was licensing existing photos. So Um, that's a part that has kind of been missing in the middle is, is getting to, um, collaborate with other photographers. Um, and, and, and it's actually like a really interesting way that I've been able to pivot. Love that word pivot. That's the, that's 2020 (laughs) word, um, that, that I could pivot into, um, you know, being, staying productive during, um, a global pandemic, you know, like, let's just like really (laughs) highlight that again not that any of us have forgotten but like not even just like lockdown like we're in a global pandemic where people are dying from this like disease that nobody can see so like what are we going to do i'm going to go like you know take a million photos of of different artists while everybody's breathing on each other (laughs) right yeah nope Um, I was thinking like earlier in in the conversation when you're like, we see each other in passing. And I'm like, and now we just see like our eyes in passing through masks. Exactly. 
Um, exactly. <laughs> swing it back around. But um, yeah, so I've been doing that and that's been, um, ch- you know, enlightening and challenging and rejuvenating and fun. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, as, as you've obviously shot photos for a lot of, you know, big names. And, and I'm curious if you ever still go into things ever feeling nervous or like, for, I don't know, lack of a better word, starstruck or anything like that. Because I mean, yeah, so you have a very close relationship, obviously, with like Kaylee Williams and I have a feeling you've known each other for a long time. But then like, uh, I know you've shot for like Kristen Stewart and, and people like that, like, do you, do you ever go into those <laughs> situations being like, uh, like, or okay, did I not you just call you like early today? First of all, every time, meaning so nervous to talk to you today. So like, I'm like starstruck by you. I was oh, like, I called you early. I was like, how am I going to get this right? Like, I was like so nervous. Um, you know, Haley, I'm just like incredibly um every time i'm like she still wants to work with me and she at this point obviously is like we're so close she's like family and um you know when i first the first time i saw haley perform um again man all roads lead back to jen johnson i'm telling you um she was styling haley and she was like you should come down to this video she was doing um a music video for airplanes with B.O.B. And they actually had never met before. So she was just doing her stuff. And I like separately. And I was like talking to her and I'd already known who she was. And especially because I'd done that Vans book and I was like, guys, this is your Vans girl. Like this is the coolest girl on the planet. And mm-hmm. um, and she had done Warp Tour and whatnot. And and I remember I like walked in and she was like, hi, I'm Haley. It's like so cute. And and then she had it. They were like, okay, we got to get you in. And so the first time I saw her actually perform was in a music video. And I start, I like start crying. I cry a lot. I, I was like, what? Like I got chills on my scalp when I hear like really good music. I always get chills on my scalp. Yeah. And, and I was like, I'd never seen anything like it. I'd never seen anyone go from high to that. Like I hadn't seen that transition and I was like, this is, wow. I'm I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah, someone who could just flip the switch and just be on. Yeah, she is, she's, and so every time her and I do anything, I'm nervous. It's crazy, it's crazy. And, and like, we have this really incredible relationship and as much as she's just like, I love, I love when you take photos of me. And she's somebody that I'm constantly inspired by and that every photo doesn't look the same. Like we can try new things. Um, yeah. yeah. And then Kristen, I've actually never officially worked with Kristen. Kristen and I are, are friends. We met through friends and I've traveled. She's given me opportunities. She's, she's brought me to her sets and, um, she's also like one of my, I would say, uh, I feel, you know, it feels like family I'm, I'm she's incredibly inspiring. And she's also somebody who does that thing that Haley does. She, they have a lot of parallels in their careers. And um, both got famous from Twilight, right? You know, that song. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Decode from from Paramore. And they they did the title track on the Twilight soundtrack. So I would say that they were thrust into the mainstream through that. Maybe they were already in the mainstream. But um, it's anyway, helped. she has that ability. And I have yet to do like, an, oh, that's not true. I'm a liar. I just lied. 
<laughs> I did. I I actually through that relationship had met somebody at Chanel and Chanel hired me to do um, something with Kristen. So that I'm a liar. I totally just lied. That's so dumb. Um, but conversations over. Yeah. We're, whatever. We're, we're, we're done, done here. Um, but you know, yeah, I'm, I'm starstruck with them because I just, I admire them so much and I love their, their output. Um, you know, all the people that, that I've been so lucky to just like be, be that Tegan and Sarah, I'm like, if they said to me, you know, sometimes I still work with them. Um, Tegan's still one of my best friends and uh, always will be, special, like the most special place. If they were to call me tomorrow and say, can you shoot this thing? I would like be a mess for the whole day before because, um, you know, I, I admire them so much. But when I when I um, meet new people, there's a different kind of nervousness and stress. And um, but it's with everyone. It's not it really isn't like oh, this person has, is this famous, you know? And it's not, it's, it's not to say that I disregard that, you know? I think that there is a huge set of, of mental challenges for somebody who's in the spotlight, if, if that makes sense. Um, of course. I, I recently was asked to shoot Gwen Stefani. And I saw that. that. Very cool. Yeah, I'm going to post some more of those. Um, I, I've been waiting for them to post and they just posted some. So now I can. Um, but, you know, this is someone who is next level famous. Um, I have no idea except to see her body of work and to to see the media output and the things that she's had to face in her career. And so what does that mean? How many experiences has she had with like shitty photographers or you know war great photographers you know mm -hmm. she has like long-standing relationships with her hair and makeup people and with her um with the person who did her promo photos you know what i mean so like where is my my place in that and and i had to do a lot of like prep i did two days um on her music video so i wasn't even really like her key fit it was not my shoot you know what i mean so yeah, there's like, there's definitely like, what, where are the boundaries? And, um, and does that make sense? No, it totally does. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, a lot of it's, it's always just mental gymnastics, because it sounds like mm -hmm. with some people, you're not, it's not like, I'm starstruck by them because of their fame. I'm starstruck by them because they're, you know, influential or incredibly or incredible performers or something like that. And you just want to match that energy. You just want to like do a good job for them. It's not totally. like I need to do a good job for this publication. It's I want to just show up and do my do what I need to do. And that is a a way cooler version of being nervous than just trying to appease, you know, said company or 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 something like that. You know, Dude, so, these people are like. Like Gwen Stefani has has worked with so many people. Kristen's worked with so many people, you know. Yeah. And 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 our relationship is is so different that, um, you know, there is something about you know. You were talking about the um, the disconnect. Like my style, when if I were to try to do these like fashion photos on my own of somebody that I know really well, that like awkward do this, do that. Like, I have to remember that like my relationship, you can see it through, through the lens, 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, hey, we could we could wrap this up with uh, with my final question, which oh. I'm so excited. To, I'm so excited to hear this answer <laughs> because you teased me that it's going to be great. Um, and even if it's not, uh, it's I'm still excited. Um, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> you hyped it so much that now I have now I have tee it up. So. Tee it up for All me. Right. Here we go. All right. So, uh, when was the first time you felt like you were, you know, doing the thing that you've been working so hard towards? Um, okay. So here's the problem is that I think I'm interpreting the question maybe wrong um, Just hit or me. like like different, but um, I, I really do suffer from the um, like what's next syndrome. So it's kind of like I'm not I'm definitely not where I want to be in my career. Like I'm I'm not at the level. So I'm always like trying to do something else like more um but when i realized so like when i was a kid i used to look at my dad's like record covers and um he had like a really big record collection and and i kind of like always wondered like what were these people doing when they were like taking these photos like what was happening or like in these magazines like where was this and um i honestly i don't remember the artist it's happened to me several times where I'm, <laughs> I'm shooting and like something ridiculous happens. Like I'm like in my tiny apartment um, shooting, you know, whatever. Like it happened, you know, it happened with you guys. Like I'm shooting and we're in this like little space, but the photo looks like I'm in like a big studio and and I just have this flash and I'm like... <laughs> Oh my God. If whoever's going to see these photos, like looking through AP or whatever, and if they ask themselves, like, oh, I wonder where they were at that point, like they're like, they must be in like a big mansion or a giant studio. And it's like me with like no assistant, with like crappy lights, everything's breaking <laughs> in, in, in my apartment. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> I made it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the illusion. You have the you've built the illusion. Yeah, I just like realized that what I perceived as going on, like I just had this moment where I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm right where I thought, you know, like right, maybe I'm right there. And it's just not what I thought. Does that make sense? Yes. It absolutely um, does. And kind of like, like, and it doesn't mean it's any less fun or any, it's all, it's all the things. Um, I told this story like a, a little while ago and, and I know I'm, I told you, I love to talk. Um, you could totally edit this out. I, I was walking around Echo Park Lake years ago with this actor who lived down the street from me. And, um, you know, my idea, I grew up in San Diego. Like my idea of LA was like so crazy, like LA actor like yeah bands like whoa lights you know whatever so we're walking around and he's telling me this story about his friend who was also an actor who was going to an award show with his girlfriend and they like rented a limo and they you know they rented tuxedo and she got a dress and all this stuff and she was probably gonna have to return it and like you know they're going to this award show that they were invited to and she turns to him that's like a much more elaborate long intro to this story for the punchline but she turns to him and she says 
I can't wait until this is our life. And he says to her, this is our life. And I think about that all the time. And, and I know why he was telling me that story because it was right you know, after he was preceding a story that I was telling him about how I just wasn't doing enough. You know, and right. he's like, you should really enjoy it. Yeah, because it's the classic, it's not- the journey, the journey is the destination. Totally. Yes. And, um, and I think that I wish that I could tell you, I wish that I could pinpoint that one time, the first time that it happened. Um, but I know, I know where I was. Right. You know but I mean? well, I mean, I like the, I, I like the answer for, for that realization of it's like, you know, you, you, you've taken the red pill, you know, it's like, you know what it's like behind this, you know, it's the behind the scenes. It's the, it's, it's, uh, the illusion is very grand actually, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it, you know, the work and, and you know how special it is, but you know, it's also a hustle, you know, it's, it's all of those things. Um, yeah. And every situation is different. You know, when, I, when I'm doing, when I'm being commissioned by somebody for an advertising thing, like the whole thing is different, but the output can be the same, if that makes sense. And, and I really struggle with that as well is sometimes just like stripping it down, you know, as far as, um, you know, speaking to somebody who makes music for a living and, and all of those things. And it's like in touring and, and whatever, you know, like you get into a bus and then sometimes it's really hard to get back into a van or into a car or whatever on those tours. But the reality is, is like you're getting there to the show. Like at the end of the day, you're getting there and nobody really knows how you got there. But did you get there? Did you play well? Did you, did your, was your client happy? Were you happy? Was it a good experience? You know, we, we could output like a crappy photo and I could come to you and be like, this is the best thing I've ever done. And like, if I present it to you in that way and we had the funnest time, who's to say it isn't the best photo that you've ever seen? Yeah. You know, who's, who's to say it's, it's like, were you happy? Did you like the experience? You know, like if you guys had shown up at my apartment and Um, I was like mean to you and like, I made you do a bunch of stuff, even if like an an art critic looked at the photos and was like, this, this is going to win an award, but you were supposed to use it for your promos and you hated the experience. You guys might've thrown them away because you might've been like, I hate these Hmm. photos. Like this makes me feel sick when I look at it because the experience sucked. I mean, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think you are. I think that's a that's a very interesting point of view that I've never thought about. So I I appreciate that. That's uh it's yeah, again, something I've never thought about. Art is super subjective. Um, you know, and, well, of course, and yeah. And I I I think that that is also why I, it took me so long to get here. You know, I wanted to you know, I did I did soccer, I did track, I did these things where like you cross the finish line and you know you won. You know what I mean? And when I took up like competitive surfing, it was like torture on my brain because it was judgment. Photography, music, these are all like you're you're winning over people's judgment. It's it's not it's we're not like hitting a finish line. And 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 you win. Right. We're not like right. 
scoring the most goals and your team wins and you move on. It's it's like so messed up. <laughs> it's, it's definitely <laughs> mental gymnastics. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to I'm here to tell you you're doing a wonderful job. And oh, thanks. I, uh, I'm, and I'm so, and I'm so happy uh, to have worked with you a couple times and to still know you and to have oh. you be down the street from me. So and also to come on the show. So thanks. I, I really thanks appreciate your time. Me. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. All Thank right, you. Sure. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe or follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. And if you can spare a moment to give us a rating and review on Apple, it helps the show gain more visibility and that can make all the difference. Thank you, and I'll see you again next week. Yeah.